Hello and welcome to the High Ground Podcast. Uh, this one has been a long time coming. We are going to be talking all about our girl, Ray Skywalker, today. And I have an awesome cast, as usual, but we're going to dive into uh, her story, her history, and what we find compelling about the character. So all that's happening right now on the High Ground. All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you guys for joining me here on the high ground. We are going to talk about our favorite scavenger, Ray Skywalker. And uh, real quick, I'm going to do some shout outs here. Old man, this stream the other day was awesome. Uh, I was happy to be part of it. Uh, Aiden Talk Star Wars is here. Um, Export Gamer Skills, Roger Roger, uh, Michael Parson, St. Pat, Parker uh, B2, Xanatos, Harris. Uh, DePaul, Amber Medina, Chris Martinez, uh, Brandon Fox, Levi Bond, Ghostface Kai, awesome group, Element 7, of course, my dyad. Uh, Malik is in the house as well. I have Malik on sometime soon, but just want to shout out because we always have awesome groups. Also, uh, Rhonda with a book is in the chat. Uh, she's here, but she's there too, so that's, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. All right, I want to get started by kind of going around, have you guys introduce yourself. So we'll just do, you know, who are you? Where can we find your awesome stuff? And we'll keep it simple this time. What do you love about Star Wars? Because we want to get to know a little bit about you guys as well. I'll start, I'll go to Meigs first. Okay, hi, um, I'm Meigs. You can find me Fangirl Meigs on TikTok. And I just recently joined Instagram. Um, and what do I love about Star Wars? Uh, to me, Star Wars is family, it's love, it's good versus evil. Uh, we get friendship and bravery and politics and justice and fashion of queens and handmaidens and relationships of mentors and mentees. And I think, I don't know, not everyone is watching The Bad Batch, but there's a moment in that show um, when Omega, is on a ship for the first time flying through hyperspace and we see the stars in her eyes and i feel like that is how i see star wars it is like this complete joy and beauty and i love it so much awesome i i love it also also i gotta do a shout out and i was not asked to do this um but i do know that meeks is trying to put together a cosplay for ahsoka um and so you know, I'll I'll have to find find the link. I might make a post about it later. But any help uh, towards doing it, I I appreciate. It. So one of the reasons that I love Meeks is she does speech therapy. Um, and I've talked about it before. I had every speech impediment known to mankind. I was in speech therapy myself for like four to five years, and it changed my life. I wouldn't be doing this right now if it weren't for people like her. So I want to support whatever we can. Um, I'll, I'll find a links uh, a link to her. If you can find a link to her coffee or whatever, like let me know. So that'd be awesome. Anyway, sorry for that deviation, Rhonda. Uh, you're up next. Wow, how do I follow that? Um, <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Rhonda. Um, I am on TikTok at Rhonda Talks about books, like T O K S about books, and I do actually talk about books on there. Um, <laughs> 
And Star Wars too. Um, I also produce and co-host a podcast called Pop DNA that digs into the literary and cultural influences in popular media. And that is available on all major podcast platforms. Um, and what I love about Star Wars, um, I'm gonna give a very like abstract and esoteric answer. Um, <laughs> I love like the mythic quality of Star Wars. Like I feel like, you know, it was like intentionally designed to be kind of our modern mythology. And so I think that it like, it appeals to us on a very deep psychological mm -hmm. level which is probably why so many people get like so angry about things <laughs> in Star Wars. Um, and, you know, I just think that like it appeals to like our desires for like adventure and meaning and belonging. Um, like when it, you know, when Star Wars is at its best, like that is what is at its core. So I feel like that's, you know, yeah. that's, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. No, I, I love it. And that that was definitely what Lucas was going for. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he succeeded far more than anyone else from, I don't know, this, this generation. I think what's going to be the next Star Wars? That's a, yeah. that's a good question. I think it's just going to be more Star Wars, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I'm game. I'm game. <laughs> um, all right. And then we have uh, All Things Nerd Girl. Uh, hi, I'm All Things Nerd Girl on TikTok and Instagram, and Nerd Girl on YouTube. I um, the the things that I love about Star Wars is very similar to Fangirl Meeks. I love the family aspect and how everyone has a place somewhere, and just everything about it. Awesome, I love it. I will. You have a little bit of an echo there. I don't know if there's a. Um, I think it's uh, just my room. Okay, no worries. And last but not least, there will be Nick. Hi, uh, I'm Nick. You can find me on TikTok and Twitter at there will be Nick with no K. Uh, I'm a writer, author, book editor. Uh, I've seen, I think, two Star Wars movies in my life once each. And I think what I like the most about Star Wars is I just I love science fiction. And I love big grand stories and like grand storytelling. And Star Wars just spans such like a massive breadth of time and covers so many themes and topics. I don't know, just there's just something in there for everybody, and I love that about Star Wars. Awesome, uh, I love it. Happen to have everyone on. I uh, yeah, all you guys just make such great points all of the time uh, in in the comments, and so it's just amazing. Uh, let's see, we have. Uh, Harith saying speech therapy squad. <laughs> he was in it. Xanatos <laughs> uh, uh, as well. Uh, DePaul dropping some love on official sponsor. I always appreciate you, man. Uh, we have that Star Wars guy dropping by also to drop some love. I man, you guys are are just awesome. Says, uh, damn, Nick got a new mic. I, I saw the podcast you're on before, and uh, I think you definitely upgraded. Uh, Malik is, is says this panel is awesome, so and it certainly is. All right, let's jump into it. I, I wanted to start because I know it's going to, I don't want it to seep into our comments and stuff like that as we're going along. So, I wanted to jump 
right into the backlash, and we'll start. And I, you uh, know, <laughs> Nerd Girl's uh, internet connection has been going on and off, so she'll be able to pop in and out uh, from time to time. So don't worry about that. But with the backlash and negativity, what are the common things that you guys hear? Um, are they right? Uh, <laughs> you know, what, what, are, what are they missing? You know, I just want to start off by, by addressing kind of that elephant in the room, you know? And for this one, I'll go to, to Rhonda first. Um, yeah, I think, I think probably most people would agree. The biggest one you hear is that Ray is a Mary Sue. Um, I don't, I can't count how many times I have read that comment. Um, and I mean, I don't want to like step over what and like what anyone else was wanting to say about that. But I just think regarding the whole idea of a Mary Sue, um, it's so like the term itself is often used incorrectly and with either covert or overt sexism. And I think that definitely is the case when it's applied to Ray um, most of the time. Um, uh, but I remember. Uh, it was a few months ago, somebody commented on one of my videos about Ray saying that like, like, yeah, like Ray is a Mary Sue, but like so are Luke and Anakin. And that's kind of the point of Star Wars is that like they're, they're supposed to be these characters that we project ourselves onto. And like, in a sense, like, I think that that does, um, that is kind of true like going back to like how star wars is kind of like mythology like it's it's this hero that you are going on a journey with and kind of seeing your own identity through that hero's journey um so in a sense like i yeah i see i see like how you can say that they're all mary sues but i think with ray it it is very different because if a Star Wars viewer can very easily identify with Luke or with Anakin, but not with Rey, then there's something going on there. Um, like, what? Which of these things is not like the others? You know. So. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I, I definitely see that a lot, and it feels like. Um, uh, how, how do I put it? When I play Mass Effect, I have trouble making my character evil if it, if I made him look like me, <laughs> and and it's be, and it's because it's I think you know the main character being a different race or a different gender means that as you're playing it, you are no longer playing it first person. You're now playing it second person. You're watching this character do stuff or, or maybe even third person. I think that might have something to do with it. I'm not certain, but um, I don't know. Let's go to, uh, well, actually, I, I first I want to shout out Masa. Thank you so much for, um, for, for the love. Same with Padawan's podcast. Um, check them out as well. And uh Goldman as well. That's not <laughs> the one I went to highlight, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, Brian of Pink Milk Podcast. Definitely check them out. Uh, hopefully, I can have uh, him on here soon as well. But uh, Nick, oh, what, what do you think? I mean, I agree completely about the whole Mary Sue thing. It's I see that quite often too, and it's I don't know. It's it's honestly ridiculous. They either all are or none of them are. Like it it can't be it can't be both. Either all or none. But I also see, like, 
specifically with the sequels, I see a lot of people criticizing things in the sequels that they don't criticize for in the other six movies all the time. Like, essentially, anything that happens in The Force Awakens happens in A New Hope. And I understand The Force Awakens is a carbon copy, essentially, of A New Hope, and it was a designed and intended to be that way. But if you have those problems in that one, but you don't have them in the other one, I just don't understand. And they have those problems about Rey, and all of those things apply to Luke. I just, I don't get the difference there. It's, I don't know. I've just never understood it. Yeah. It's tiring, honestly. <laughs> How does she know how to fly? We're not told that. Like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. Not that she blatantly says it twice. She said it. She told us. I don't know. Leave <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, women. Appreciate you, Carter D2. <laughs> and uh, how about you, Nerd Girl? Um, like uh, Nick and Wanda said, we see often people talking about how she's a Mary Sue and how. It comes from either a misunderstanding of her character or just not paying attention to the movie because half the things I see these people saying that we don't know how she got to know these things, they told us in the movie. And it's weird because if you pay attention, you know it. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's my, my biggest thing that I always talk about. And also you guys feel free to jump in. Uh, Ron, it sounded like you had some more, more to say. <laughs> I was vehemently agreeing. <laughs> uh, also, we personally, I'm here because I want to talk to all of you guys about the topic. So feel free to interrupt me. I will stop talking. I want you guys to talk. All right. That's 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 how it goes. Um, but uh, Meek, so what, what do you think? Okay, I have a lot have of a lot. So I think. Like everyone's been saying, Ray is overpowered. She never fails at anything. Um, and I think that something that the sequels trilogy does a lot that maybe we don't see as much in the other ones is a lot of show not tell. We do get some great dialogue proof that Ray, you know, has force abilities, or Ray is a pilot, or Ray has some fighting abilities. But a lot of the times we, we see a lot of it. And maybe people are going into it like with this bias, like with this purposeful, intentional, like hating a woman character. So then they just dismiss these clues. Yeah. Um, and I think people look past these, these clues in other characters and other movies that, that they like, they just they like refuse to look at these um these these signs this proof the dialogue whatever it is like we've been saying like with ray being a pilot for example we get twice Finis asking like we need a pilot and she's like i'll be the pilot and same thing with Juan. it's like where's the pilot and she's like i'm the pilot mm -hmm. and for some reason we we know the uh, non-Ray fans, <laughs> they just like refuse to take that. But when we hear it from Anakin or when we hear it from Luke or like whoever it is, it's like, oh, well, they said it. So we-, we I'm a pilot, you know, all uh -huh. my life. They're like, you are a child. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> yeah. So, and then also, Let's see. I like made myself a lot of notes so that I could stick to those and not go here. 
what else? I just feel like people, I don't know, they dismiss a lot of what happens in other films that kind of like backs up what happens. Like all of Snoke's lines to Kylo in um, uh, The Last Jedi about how Rey defeated Kylo, I feel like people are like, well, they just put that in to like excuse it or like to give extra proof. And I feel like if we're separating those, I think we have to take it all together. You know what I mean? That's how storytelling works. <laughs> That's how explaining things works. Yes. <laughs> and I think that like going back to what you said, Mings, about like the like the difference between showing and telling, I think that um and you guys can tell me if you agree with this or not, but I think that the prequels do a lot of telling. They tell us things, whereas in like with the sequels, like there is some telling, but there's also like, it's more showing and you kind of need to pay a little bit more attention to what they're showing you to kind of get, you know, what you're supposed to be getting. And so I think like if you, you know, someone who's like really, really into the prequels and they think that and they kind of expect that that's what star wars media is going to be like then with the sequels it can be a little bit tougher to piece it together if it's not what they're used to i don't know what you guys if you would yes absolutely i feel like okay when we think about ray as a kid growing up alone as a scavenger like a young woman by herself we have to infer then that she's grown up trying to defend herself from anyone trying to take advantage of her. And we see her take on those two thugs who are trying to steal BBA. Like we see her fight them off. And mm -hmm. I think we have to make that connection then that she has some fighting abilities. Like she's grown up, she's learned how to defend herself. She's learned how to keep herself safe. And then like later in The Last Jedi, we see her go through kind of like a training routine. She's really smooth. She's like got a lot of power, a lot of quickness to her movements. And later she has the lightsaber and is a little more hesitant, a little more clunky. But like proof that she must have had some sort of like exercise routine, some something that like shows this girl, she does know how to fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to build off that too, she has a staff. Why would she have that if she didn't need it? Is it just an accessory? No, right. we see her use it. <laughs> And when the beginning of the movie, we see her, we see her with a pilot's helmet on. Why does she have that? That's telling the audience through showing us that oh, she's enamored with flying. It's like there's clues everywhere. Not even clues, like they're blatant in your face. People just don't want to see them because they don't want to accept it. I, I like the thought that it's like an accessory of like, oh no, the staff is Gucci. Like, right? <laughs> I just like carrying this heavy thing around and never using it. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I especially, and that's that's a point. I was uh, hopefully you can't hear dogs fighting outside of my window. Um, <laughs> but that's that's actually a video is going to like make and go into detail on because when we see Ray training in the Last Jedi, it's pretty clear this is not her first time training. So she trains physically uh, a bunch, and then she picks up a lightsaber, and we see exactly how well lightsaber translates. All of this stuff is, is there for a reason, and it's, I don't know, it's pretty obvious. Uh, we got uh, My Diet Element 7 saying, if you gave up on interpreting a painting before the, before the artist was done with it, you will most likely misinterpret the finished 
product, which is absolutely correct. This was always going to be a trilogy. The story was always going to be told to us in three parts. You, you can't accept, you can't say I don't accept this information because it came from a later part because that's how storytelling works. I can't say, oh, this, that was a later chapter of the book, so I, I don't really count it. I don't know. That's that's yeah, really it's called, it's called character development. <laughs> yeah. I hate that argument. I've seen it before, too. It's like, well, they did that in the third movie. It's like, okay, they, yeah. they still did it. <laughs> it was still going to happen. If it happened earlier, it wouldn't make any sense, would it? Like, in the very beginning of The Force Awakens, if they tell us everything we need to know about all the characters, why are we watching the movies now? There's no development. There's no growth. There's no arc. What's the point? They have to develop over the course of three films. Also, like Luke is only a badass in the third film. Uh-huh. So if you're not going to count that, like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, but, okay, awesome. So we, we kind of, uh, you know, address the, the negativity out there, and hopefully we can move past that and jump into the things that we love. Um also, I also I got to shout out my boy uh, Cal here. I've never understood the logic of people saying they're fixing plot holes when it's like, <laughs> you knew this was going to be a trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> Any unanswered questions will be answered. That's the point. Uh, a plot hole. A plot hole isn't just a piece of missing information. That's not what a plot hole is. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. All right. So. Yeah, let's let's jump into you know moving forward. You know, is there is there any message that you wish that you could give to to these people that are having trouble with understanding the character? Um, and I'll I'll go to uh, to Nick first. Um, I mean, my first question to them would probably be, do you want to understand the character? If you don't care and you don't even want to understand the character, there's nothing I can say or the films can show you that's going to change your mind. But if you're open about wanting to understand the character because you're a fan of the overall product, then talk to people that like it. Talk to people that like the character, figure out why they like the character, and see if that's something that can suit you. And if it's not, that's fine. I mean, everyone doesn't have to like everything. There's plenty of stuff that everybody doesn't like within Star Wars. But if you genuinely want to understand something and you don't think that you do or you think that you don't like it, Talk to someone that does like it. Get their perspective. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Uh, Nerd Girl, is there anything that you wish that uh, that you could communicate to all the people that are that spread the, the hate? Um, I like communicating with people who don't like things that I like because it I've adds noticed. perspective to me. <laughs> but if you're just like, if you're just like of something that I like comes from misunderstanding and I try to correct that and you are just being rude and don't want to learn it, then I don't want to communicate with you anymore. Yeah. No, that's the, the answers are out there. Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, how about me? How about you, Mix? I think I would say open your hearts to those of us who do love this character or whoever it is. Listen to why we appreciate her. Maybe take a rewatch, keep your eyes open, see all the show not tell, everything like that. And and it's okay like 
to not shove your negative opinion unasked down people's throats. You don't have to do that. If someone comes up on their for you page on TikTok and they're like, I love Ray Skywalker, she's my favorite character, you can keep scrolling. You can click not interested. Like if it's unasked, just focus on what you love. Like there's no need to go to someone's page to try to tear them down. You can make your own videos talking about your favorite characters. There's no need to put out negativity into the universe, into the galaxy. So <laughs> on what you love. I love that. Um, and how about you, Rhonda? Um, yeah, I would just say, um, you know, kind of echoing what everyone has already said. I am looking at my notes and I'm like, yep, everybody's hit the points that I, that I wrote. Um, <laughs> um, but I would also um, just add that um, like, it's okay if a character isn't for you, but maybe, you, you know, like, and like, if you don't like the character, that's okay, but maybe take a step back and think about the people that the character is for and how mm -hmm. they feel when, when there's so much negativity directed toward that character. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's just about um, how you treat real people. Um, yeah. Whether it's online or in real life. Um, yeah, just be kind. <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to be, you don't have to be mean, just be nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's just like Star Wars Santa said, don't try to go out of your way to ruin someone's happiness with something. Let yeah. them be happy. And I think ultimately that's what it comes down to. Like talking about something that you love is not on the same level as talking about something you hate, right? One adds positivity and energy, the other one takes it away. Um, and so for me, the thing that I would really want to, I think the most important thing has already been said of, of open your, your heart, open your mind uh, specifically because there is a lot of stuff that we just, uh, I don't even know the best way to explain it. <laughs> it's almost like being right-handed versus being left-handed. If something is made for someone who's left-handed, that's okay. It's okay that it's not made for you. Now, Someone who's right-handed, you may have never had to consider this thing's existence. You may never have, your friends have, may have said, hey, let's go play softball. And you're like, I don't have a mitt, but I'm sure someone will have an extra one. If you're left-handed, you can't do that, right? Uh, you know, you, you could walk into Guitar Center, pick up any guitar you want. A left-handed person can't do that. It's a, it's a whole different world. So if something, if one thing for once... It's made for a left-handed person, and you pick it up. Can you at least say, "Well, I'm happy you guys have this, even if it feels uncomfortable for me." Yeah, that's that's kind of where where I come with it. Uh, hopefully, it's not too preachy. But <laughs> all right, moving on. What is so special about Ray? What what makes this character? you know, unique? What did you enjoy about her story? What did you identify with? We're kind of talking overall, we'll kind of break into each individual movie after this, but like as a whole, what, what kind of popped out to you? And I'll go to a nerd girl first. I've made it no secret. What popped out to me about her story is my, I identify with her because of how her story ends and how she finds her family and other people. 
And if you look at it from a just like overline view, her story does very much resemble that of a teenage or older adoptee story who may or may not want to go back to their biological family, but then learn that not everything is about blood and who you are biologically related to. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, and that's that's why it hurts me so much whenever people try to say she's not a Skywalker or something like that, because there are plenty of people who do get adopted and accepted into a new family and they don't share blood, but that is your family. And like, I don't know, it just makes me want to bitch slap them, you know? Um, <laughs> how, how, how about you, Meeks? Oh, I have like a million answers for this. I feel like what's special about Ray is her compassion for so many people and beings. Like she keeps the plant on Jakku. Like she's giving precious resources, water to cultivate life and beauty and joy in something else. She's caring. And then you know, BB-8, of course, like she has no idea what's happening, but she immediately races out, go figure out what's happening with this droid. Um, same with Dio. She's like, fixes this little squeaky wheel when he's freaked out. She's like, it's okay. You're safe with us. Like she just has this compassionate heart for so many beings of the galaxy. Um, I love her friendship with Finn. I think that's incredibly special. Like the moment when she meets up with them on Circular Base and she's just like blown away by the fact that they came back for her. Like that's probably such a significant moment to her. Someone cared so much this friendship that she's now developed. They came back for her. It's just so beautiful. What else? I don't know. I love, I love how emotionally driven um, her story is. And like, we see a lot of emotional conflict with Ray. That's really different um, from other movies. We might see conflict in like a physical way, like losing a hand or killing sand people. Um, and with Ray, we see a lot of more like introspective and psychological and um, emotional you know, her identity, who is she, figuring out where she belongs. And I think that's really gorgeous and, I don't know, relatable for, for so many people. Um, I guess just her theme of belonging and family and identity and um, overcoming the trauma of her abandonment. I think that's just like, I don't know, so wonderful. And um, yeah, I think personally, I relate to that like the mental health relation I can make with that. Like I may struggle with anxiety, but it doesn't have to de define me. I get to choose my worth and my value. Um, she got to choose like her identity, her value. She overcame, you know, her past and, and got to like feel she belongs. I love it. That's awesome and, and beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I love it. Uh, well, shout out uh, Xanatos. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Chaco whacking Toxic fans up, up on their heads. I try to slap them with information, um, most <laughs> mostly, but sometimes you'll see me get real spicy. So, 
Uh, yeah, no, it, it 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 happens from time to time. Um, also, you saying that just the way she cares for beings of the galaxy reminds me that uh, being of of the gal beings of the galaxy is another awesome podcast to check <laughs> out. Um, Budokai Wookie, who is in the chat, it says hers, and it's like it's like a beings of New York, people of New York, but in the Star Wars universe. Um, hopefully, I will be a voice in there soon. But yeah, that's such a cool idea for a podcast. I love that. Yeah, y'all need to check that out. Uh, Rhonda, same question to you. What makes her special? Yeah, I think I think what's really special to me about Ray, like especially within the context of Star Wars, is that she is. Um, I appreciate like her femininity, like she. Like, of course, she, you know, like is good at fighting, but that doesn't necessarily mean that she's not feminine. Um, like, she shows very traditionally, you know, feminine qualities like compassion and empathy and nurturing, like Meeks was saying. Um, and she also, like, she has this longing to connect emotionally with other people, other beings. And I think that you know, in Star Wars, we have a lot of like masculine women, um, which, you know, that's great. And I know a lot of women do connect with that, but not all of us do. Um, or we have women who like, we're just there to sort of be a side character or a love interest. So to have like a feminine woman who can also handle herself in a fight, and she's the protagonist of the main saga, I just think is so special and I wish that that had happened you know 20 years ago when I was a little girl because I would have I would have been a menace to society if I'd had Ray when I was five years old. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> awesome. Uh, no I, I, I love it because that, that is something that's important as well because for us, for a lot of us growing up, and that's kind of the reasons why there are so many hot takes or we hold this so dear, because like you said, this is the common, this is the, the modern mythology being that this is where the stories that young people take in to help identify good and evil and learn their place in, in this greater world. And uh, a great part of that is just the representation. And if and if everything you've ever seen, you've never seen yourself as the person taking the lead, or or even if they do look like you, they are behaving like someone else, um, that, that affects you. That affects everyone. And so I, I love that um, Ray's feminine qualities were always there. They were always mm -hmm. present, but they were never shown as a weakness and yeah, they were never it was never uh, something that she had to like overcome it was like yeah. always her strength yeah exactly it's not like oh in order to overcome it i have to be like a man you know and right. that's i feel like yeah. that happens a lot in media you yeah know? so i really enjoy that also, um, can we talk about the lack of male gaze in her outfit yes just Thank like <laughs> Like, okay, so I'm getting into cosplay and Ray is like definitely next on my list because I feel like I will feel so comfortable and so just like beautiful wearing any of her outfits. Like, yeah, we don't get the beautiful dresses like Padme, but we also don't get the like artfully ripped 
strategic tricks <laughs> like she's not in a gold slave bikini like yeah just, i love it it makes me so happy to see her outfit I mean, there's no underwear in space. That's that's what, uh, that's what I heard. But there's bikinis, apparently. <laughs> Someone actually, those words came out. Okay, Jesus Christ. Um, George, we love you for Star Wars, but also that was not necessary, <laughs> sir. Sir. <laughs> I, I, I will say most of Padme's outfits were designed by other women. However. The the corset one and the the fireplace scene was designed by George Lucas himself. Um, wow, I did not know that. That just changed my entire outlook on life. Just kidding. <laughs> um, also, I'm just gonna throw this out there because uh, I don't know. I just am. Uh, any of the the donations or whatever that come in tonight all will also go towards Meeg's Ahsoka cosplay. So. No! Anyone else is about uh, on the fence? Anything, anything that comes out tonight will go. Well, I'm just gonna donate right now. No, I, wanna, I just want to make it as easy as possible for them. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, <laughs> thank you. That's totally unnecessary, but thank you. I really, I appreciate it. No, it's that's nothing. Uh, uh, your thoughts on it, Nick? Uh, well, first, I just want to say about the outfits. Uh, Ray's outfit in Rise of Skywalker is my single favorite outfit any character in Star Wars wears. I love how her outfit evolves throughout the three movies, and it's very pristine and bright in the third movie because that's what Ray's personality is. That's what she chooses above everything else. She always looks to the good. She always wants to help. She's always empathetic and compassionate. I love that about her. And I love that her journey is one of self-discovery and of self-choice, right? She discovers who she is. She finds out what her lineage is, but she gets to decide what she wants it to be, right? It doesn't matter what anyone else tells her, what anyone else wants her to be. She's going to be what she feels she needs to be inside. And I would think that's something that would resonate with a lot of people. And that's something that really resonated with me. I, I love that about her journey. Awesome. No, I I, I love it. Um, also, just going to say shout out to Amber, who gets for Meeks. Uh, Malik as well. You guys are awesome. Uh, definitely appreciate you. And uh, how about you, Nurko? Uh, the outfits thing is so true because I, I got into superheroes really bad this year thanks to Marvel and I started watching DC content and some of those costumes are atrocious. Like, you want to cosplay this character so bad, but you aren't comfortable in their costume. And my favorite, one of my favorite characters is Ahsoka, and I've wanted to cosplay her for a long time, but up until season seven, I didn't have any of the costumes that I would be com comfortable cosplaying. So having practical and just not as revealing costumes for these girls and women in Star Wars is so important because it allows us to be comfortable when we're cosplaying. You, you mean yeah. putting a 14-year-old in a tube top and saying, yeah. you're off to war. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Uh, you're saying that's not, that's not cool? Um, <laughs> so we, we got we got some more love uh, for, for Mings. Thank you. Uh, there we got Xanatos as well. 
Uh, I really like Ahsoka's Mando outfit. Um, I okay. I'm, I gotta say, her outfit, season seven Clone Wars, like the the like the jumper thing. I think that was just adorable. Um, I don't know that's that's like up there for me, but uh, awesome. Okay, so let's jump into the actual movies themselves. We got the Force Awakens. Um, let's talk about her her journey. It, like it, this one struck me because you know she she's this this. Uh, a scavenger who finds these lost, broken, and discarded pieces, puts them together, fixes them, cleans them up. She sees the value in them, but she herself is this lost, discarded person, and she doesn't see that value in herself. And like that always just hit me, like especially the scene where she's like cleaning off the part and she looks and there's the old woman doing it too. And that's like, if you don't leave, that's you, you know, like if you don't. Uh, and and when she gets offered all of the portions, and there's that look in her eyes of like, oh, I can stay here and wait for my family forever with this. Uh, just that that moment really struck me in the Force Awakens. That's one of the things I really enjoyed. But uh, we'll go to to Nick first. What what did you think about her journey? Um, what would you change if anything? And um, you know the journey itself. Uh, her journey in The Force Awakens, I liked how mysterious it was to begin with. I mean, that's a major J.J. Abrams thing. He loves making mystery boxes and then not answering them later. He did that uh, for an entire season of a show and lost. But anyways, uh, in The Force Awakens, I like that. Yeah, I like that Ray's really mysterious. And in the very beginning, we only get a really little bit of information about her. And it's all shown to us, right? We see that she's a scavenger when she's in the ship. We see that she has the pilot's helmet. And then we see her fighting. And then she tells like the audience verbatim that she's a pilot. But I like that the film shows so many different things just in the first five minutes of her screen time. We already know so much about her. I mean, if you're paying attention. And uh, God, I just totally lost my train of thought. Uh, well, while you're thinking of it, I just want to shout out <laughs> Brian uh, of Pink Milk Podcast. Lesbian jumpsuit is the best. Agreed. Agreed. Malik says, uh, Ray's Last Jedi outfit is my favorite. I love the dark colors. Um, and I love that, that she goes from this like dirty white to this gray color, which is similar to Luke's journey, but Luke went to black, so we didn't know. She goes to brilliant white. I don't know. I just think that's a cool detail. But uh, have you picked up your uh, thought process? <laughs> thought train? No, it, it's gone. <laughs> it is gone. <laughs> All right. Well, if it comes back to you, feel free to jump in. Like I said, we want to be conversational here, uh, and we, we love your guys' thoughts. Um, how about you, Nerd Girl? Uh, her in The Force Awakens. What jumped out at you? Um, Ray's story in The Force Awakens, one of the very first things you notice about it is that she's stuck in the past. She doesn't want to leave Jakku. She wants to stay on Jakku to wait for her family. And she has to get over that to be able to go on this journey. And that's one of the things that I don't get when people say she's just a carbon copy of Luke in The Force Awakens is Luke wants adventure. Ray doesn't. Yeah, they have exact opposite starting points. And, and I feel like The Force Awakens was similar to A New Hope 
specifically to show the difference between the characters. You know, you, you have, um, you know, Ray obviously being the stand-in for Luke, and Luke, he wants, he has family. He wants to go off and have adventures, and his family is this anger holding him back. Like, oh, I gotta stay back another season. I wanted to join the academy, you know. And then we have uh, Finn, who's the the opposite of Leia, who is like, Leia's all in on the cause. No matter what, this is the side we're going to win. And Finn doesn't feel that. Finn is, I need to get out of this. This is terrible. Like, you know, then we have Poe, who is the opposite of Han Solo. And Han Solo is, it's kind of like DJ. It's like, don't join any causes because, you know, uh, you know, I, I would like he was he reluctantly joined the cause, whereas Poe was so willing to die for the cause that that was his downfall. You know, they all these characters are the polar opposites, and I thought the similar storytelling was meant in order to showcase that. Not say they're the same people, but of course, if you're not paying attention, you probably won't see any of that. How about you, Meeks? Uh, Force Awakens. Um, I feel like we it's such a fun movie, we get so many like classic lines like the whole when Finn and Ray are running with BBA and she says, I know how to run without you holding my hand. <laughs> I just remember laughing so hard the first time uh in the theater hearing that like, oh yes, thank you. <laughs> um and let's see, I feel like something that I want to point out is I think there's a lot of things about how the force and Ray's like the relationship with the force grows throughout the movie. Like we get Snoke saying to Kylo, like there has been an awakening. Have you felt it? And this is like, Ray's not even with them yet. And then, you know, like not in this movie, but we hear Ray say to Luke, like something inside me has always been there, but now it's awake. So like knowing that, and like seeing when the dyad like is being formed, just how Ray, she's so stubborn, determined, resilient. She pushes back against Kylo and then she just, she tries. She's a survivor, she's gonna escape. And like when she is fighting Kylo, I think something that people miss on Starkiller Base in the snow, like, she is angry. She is a little bit, you know, out of control. Like she's scared. She wants to protect Finn, her friend who came back for her. And Kylo, I think what we miss, we, what some people miss is like all of the ways that Kylo is not at his best. So it's not that Ray is overpowered. It's more like she is just, she's angry. She's scared. She's got to protect her friend. And he just killed his father. He's like emotionally a hot mess. He's physically not doing okay because he got blasted in the side by Chewie's bowcaster, which we have seen multiple times in that film, like knock people across the walls. So he got like gashed by that. He's punching himself, he's bleeding. We see he's not in top form physically, mentally he's a mess. And then he says to her, like, you need a teacher. He's not trying to kill her. He's trying to recruit her. He's not trying to destroy her. So when people are like, she's so overpowered, she killed this person. She defeated this, like, great, you know, 
Sith wannabe guy. Like, it wasn't that exactly. Like, watch the movie, please. <laughs> Le- legitimately, if I took a shotgun and I shot Floyd Mayweather in the stomach, I could whoop his ass. I'm telling you right now. It doesn't mean I'm a better boxer. It doesn't. Uh, it means you shouldn't shoot people in the stomach or, or whatever. But um, and I that's... hate when. I'm oh, sorry. Oh no, you keep going. <laughs> I hate when people say that she won that fight or that she like overpowered and dominated Kylo. She didn't win. She survived because he didn't want to kill her. If Kylo's mission wouldn't have been to kill Ray right then, she would be dead. There would be no second and third movie. He would have killed her very quickly, even with how injured he was. Just like he did Finn. He toyed with Finn the whole time. And the one shot Finn got in, he immediately dispatched him. He was like, all right, I'm done with you now. You're getting on my nerves and you're on the ground. He'd done the same thing to Ray, but he wasn't trying to kill her. People just want to ignore that. Yeah. And speaking of which, we actually did have uh, a very similar question in the chat. Why does the sequel show Ray as overpowered and she beats Kylo and he had years of training and she also beats Palpatine, even though Windu with years of training almost said, why is that? Well, I mean, um, she didn't beat Pout by herself. She had literally all the Jedi on her side. That's that's kind of powerful. And also, she died. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, and again, she only survived once again. <laughs> um, and and it was actually Pal- Palpatine's own power that that killed him, which is something that is akin to the Sith. That's one of the reasons it's not it's not the path to to go down. But of course, you know, like you guys were saying, and. We, feel like we've we've covered this very well throughout where we know we are shown that she knows how to fight and the force awakens we see her training um and then we see her switch to a lightsaber so we know exactly how well that translates but again that's even that is not not enough kylo ren even though he is severely wounded he's bleeding out in the snow um, and he is broken and off balance after killing his father. We're directly told this. It's in the novelization, but we're directly told this in the follow-up movie. He is not at 100%, and he still bests her in lightsaber skill, holds her up to a cliff where he could push her off easily, and says, you need a teacher. I can show you the ways of the Force. And of course, her taking, you know, him taking this time to talk to her this is such a common trope where the villain has the hero dead to rights and they stop and talk and the mm-hmm. hero uses this moment, this brief second in order to get the upper hand. It's in so many things that it's like, it's a terrible trope because we see it so often. Um, and so I just find it shocking that it comes up ever because we're, we're shown all of this stuff. <laughs> It is a terrible trope, but it also always gives us that moment for the hero to overcome something. It's like, I understand why the trope is used, but yeah. And I think that it, like, to The Force Awakens credit, like, I think that it uses the trope very effectively. Like, it makes sense for for that situation, because like we've been saying, like, Kylo is not trying to kill Rey, whereas, you know, like, in a movie where the villain is trying to kill the hero, it would not make sense for them to stop and give them an opening. Um, but in this case, it does make sense. So I think it's, I like, I didn't even notice that that trope was used the first time that I watched it because mm-hmm. it was so, you know, mm. incorporated. Yeah, it was, it was, it was baked in. It's like, yeah. I don't know, it's like baked rigatoni. Like it's all just all one piece and you're like, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, you're like right. a really good mac and cheese. 
when it's just like the brick. Yeah. <laughs> you can't separate all the cheeses. They're all there and they all make a difference. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I think very visually and that's just kind of stuff that my mind does. Uh what 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 are what are your thoughts? Do you have further thoughts, Rhonda? On The Force Awakens, um, I I just think like kind of overall, I, I um, like with Rey specifically, I just really enjoyed, um, I enjoyed her introduction. I love that, um, that like when you, when we first see her, like we can't see her face for a good, you know, 30 seconds at least to a minute of the movie. And then she, you know, she pops out and, um, and I, I think in that introduction, you like that's the first time that we see her like slide down the the dune of sand, and like maybe that was the most practical way for her to get down the hill. But it also just like makes her seem very like playful and um, and um, like open. Um, so I, I think it's just a great character introduction. Yes, and we get her yeah. her theme there, and it's like yes, it's soft. Yes. Her theme is like my so favorite. Yeah, <laughs> and how her theme plays with Palpatine's theme, and like oh, uh, there's this, there's always some some deep stuff. Oh, in in the novelization, when she is does have Kylo Ren dead to rights, uh, Mark Thompson reads the novelization, and you hear it's written in Palpatine's voice of "Kill him," <laughs> and you're like. What? Wait, what? What is this? And then it just like, oh, never mind. <laughs> did 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 that just happen or whatever? I don't know. There's there's just there's a lot of cool stuff. I always recommend doing novelizations as well, but it's not required. It is not required to understand the story. But if you are someone that likes the finer details, uh, it it is there. Uh, any closing thoughts on TFA? Things we uh, missed. Is that for anyone? Um, I want to add something to the um, Ray beating Kylo in the last fight. Like Nick said, she didn't really beat him. She, she survived the fight, but when she lands those hits, we it's a callback to A New Hope when Obi-Wan tells Luke that the Force will guide him, and Ray's told the same thing earlier in the film. She lets the Force guide her, and that's why she was able to land those hits. Yeah, absolutely. And and that scene can actually be watched side by side. Like that is the epitome of Luke's Death Star trench run. Uh, if you think about it, like Luke is a pilot, but he's not a fighter pilot. He's never flown an X-Wing before. And he's now doing it against the most skilled pilots in the galaxy and against Anakin Skywalker, the, you know, one of the most powerful force users ever uh, in a ship. But because of the lesson he was told earlier, he was able to to use the force. Now, a big key part is that Red Leader tried to make the shot first and couldn't. He tried to make it using his tools and he couldn't do it. It was only the force that gave Luke the edge and only his belief and trust in it that let him complete this. For Ray, it was the same thing. You know, just like Luke was a competent pilot before, Ray was a competent fighter before. She knew how to fight. Um, yeah, she was given a lightsaber instead of a staff, but that's like Luke being given an X-Wing for the first time rather than a staff, or rather than a T-16. <laughs> Sorry. Like swing an X-Wing um, around. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, Hulk status. Uh, but 
and, and then you know red leader trying to make the shot and being unable to it's the same thing as finn fighting kylo ren first it's the same exact thing it's it's the equivalent of of that where the lesson takes root close your eyes feel the force it's always been there and she does um of course he's super weak already and he's not expecting it. So like it's 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 almost a cheap win, but still it, it still counts. It still counts. You know, we take those. I play <laughs> some competitive versus video game. I don't care if you you know SD, like we take those, bro. Um but yeah, let's talk about uh the last Jedi, her journey. Wait, wait, wait. Can I say the thing Oh yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, because when I saw this on the outline, I was like Oh my god, I don't know. So then I like turned to some friends and I got a lot of really cool answers that I was like, oh my gosh, I totally would love that. So first, I would want some Rose and Paige, like from the beginning, like how we got Finn kind of at the beginning. Somehow, if we could get like some development of their sister bond, who they are, why they joined the resistance, things like that, so that set up for later i would have loved that um what else um i had a friend say um holly deanne i think on tiktok is the username for the whole ray low relationship to have the enemies to lovers be a little more obvious for those people who don't know the trope as well who just like can't see that for it to be a little more obvious i'm not quite sure what that would involve but I agreed with that. I was how, like, how do you get more obvious? You yeah, just, like, I don't know how. Like he looks at her lovingly when she calls the lightsaber. <laughs> like his the look yes. on his face, he's like That's clearly <laughs> falling in love with her. I don't know how to make it more clear. <laughs> I don't know how to make it more clear without it getting crass. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay, and then one more thing. Or two more things. One was more Finpo. Even more. Make it canon. Yes. <laughs> and then that was, that was from Shayla Wren. We were on the verge of greatness. We were this close. <laughs> um, and then from my friend Jolie, Cinema Seamstress on TikTok, she said it would be so cool to get more hints at Ben Solo's backstory. His mm. growing up. And I was like, ooh, that would have been so cool to add. So those are a lot of changes, but I would love to Awesome. We need it. We need more movies. <laughs> we, need, <laughs> we need prequels to the sequels. Is what we need. <laughs> and uh, I hope I don't know if this is the same Holly, but uh, yeah, some people need it spelled out. Um, I had I had Holly on for the Obi Wan. I'll episode. be right back. Hold on. Uh, go for it. And all right, so let's jump into the Last Jedi. Uh, kind of the same same question for you guys. I don't recall who I started with, so I will go to Rhonda first. <laughs> um, well, I have thoughts about the Last Jedi, so um, <laughs> um, man, there's so many thoughts. Um, I think just like with her journey overall, I think that. Um, the last Jedi really kind of like solidified that Ray's journey is a heroine's journey and not a hero's journey. I mean, it's kind of both, but I think it's more, um, more focused on the heroine's journey in that, um, it's, um, 
her journey is very much like intrinsic and emotional and psychological. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, there's like so much of her, um, of her arc in The Last Jedi is about coming to terms with who she is and, and um, accepting that, you know, she kind of has to own her own journey. She can't like rely on the past. She can't rely on her parents or on Han or Luke or, you know, anyone else. Like she kind of has to um, accept that this is her journey and take charge of that. And then she does at, at the very end when she, you know, saves all of her friends. Um, so yeah, that's just my general big picture um, thoughts about the Last Jedi. <laughs> um, yeah, I could, I could talk for for hours. <laughs> <laughs> it it is it is my favorite Star Wars film. Uh, so I feel you, um, Nick. What 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 jumps out at you on it? Uh, well. The main thing, like the biggest thing I like about Rey's journey in The Last Jedi is that despite everything she's going on with internally and what she's dealing with, her first instinct still, the entire movie, is to try to save Ben. That's what she's trying to do. She's not trying to go and stop him and kill Snoke. She wants to bring him back to the light. And mm -hmm. she knows that she may die doing it. In fact, she probably expects to die going there to try to do it. And then she's heartbroken when he essentially betrays her even though she probably still expected it because she still wanted to see the good in him, right? And she's dealing with so much the whole movie trying to figure out who she is and if her parents are ever going to come back for her and who they were. And still it doesn't matter because above all, she's putting others above herself. I just love that. And also I wanted, I wanted to say that this is probably controversial for people that love the sequel trilogy, but I would have removed Raylo entirely from the saga. Interesting. I didn't like that aspect at all. I felt like I don't know. I didn't, didn't like didn't like cheapen anything or whatever. But I just felt like the bond would have been stronger if it wasn't about them being in love and it was still about Ray wanting to save someone because that's just who she is. Question: As a dude, be yeah. honest. You have this connection with a woman, and it looks like Daisy Ridley. Are you in love with her? <laughs> Wait, what? If you had that connection. Like the same connection that, mm -hmm. that they had. And the woman that you have this connection with is Daisy Ridley. Are you in love with her? <laughs> have you heard her accent? Yes, a hundred percent. She could have been mean, the, she could have been the bad one, and I would have still been in love with her. She puts on like she puts on like mascara and she gets in a sleeping beauty coffin and ships herself to her prince. Basically, like, <laughs> I don't see how you can miss this. <laughs> no, no, but I, I do, I do get what you're saying. Uh, because I also, I, I'm indifferent to, to Raylo. I mean, I saw it happening, I saw the thigh grab, and I was like, ooh, spicy. <laughs> um, I was like, let me add a bit of spice. Uh, <laughs> But uh, no, no, I, because apparently so hard. many people missed it. <laughs> it wasn't enough spice, apparently. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I understand though because it, um, because there's, there is, there is truly a thing where like you can have platonic friendships. Please, let's normalize that at some point. Uh, 
so and, and I guess we, we kind of got that with, with Ray and, and Finn, but I don't know. Right. I mean, I'm not saying that I hated Raylo. I, I like the way they executed it. It ended up working out to where I was like, oh, yeah, that was cool. That was fun. But I just personally, yeah. if I would have written them, I would have never put it in there. And also, like what you're saying, I love that Ray and Finn's dynamic is always just this really, really strong friendship where they both really care for the other person and will pretty much do anything for them. I love that aspect. Yeah. And then all one final thing. And again, none of this is at your expense. I hope you know that. There's there's only love here. I have to ask though, are you a silky? <laughs> are you talking to me? Yes. Uh, where, where do you stand on silky? I don't know what that means. Okay. You, you didn't watch the Loki show? Oh, oh, I mean, yeah, I'm all for someone loving themselves. That's cool. Okay. I, I was just working on this theory that Raylo's and Silky's is a circle. It's like it's a it's a Venn diagram that's almost a circle. I but, like what they did in the show that narratively it made sense. Like the first person that Loki could truly love would be himself. Like, yeah, I get it. Sylvie was a great character. Like I, I don't see a problem with how they did it. I mean, it doesn't really I thought it was fun. Uh huh. Awesome. No, I I love it. Appreciate it. Uh, how about you, Nerd Girl? Uh, the The Last Jedi. I don't really have much to say on this film. I the last time I rewatched it was last year, so I watched rewatched a recap of it and started it at the beginning when I heard about this, but wasn't able to finish it again. <laughs> Sorry. So I don't really mm -hmm. want to talk much about this because I haven't rewatched it. Hey, that is perfectly valid. Now, we do have some... Uh, <laughs> Levi says, no, friendship isn't allowed. <laughs> Levi's uh, an awesome guy. He, he's saying it sarcastically. Um, Almost says, I love how Filoni is describing them as soulmates in the Force. Uh, so that is definitely a way to look at it. And we have Stardust M, uh, who... I also desperately want to get on this panel at some point in time. I'm very pro platonic Ray and Kylo Ben connection. Um, and then we have Brooke. I don't think their romance took away from either. So uh, there's, there's a lot on both sides. Finch I'm honestly surprised by that. Oh, I mean, listen, all viewpoints are welcome here. Just don't be a dick. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the rule. Uh, how about you Meeks? The last Jedi. Okay, so something that we haven't talked about yet is the Luke and Ray dynamic in this movie, which I think is so, like, a lot of people don't like this Luke, but I did. Um, and I really liked Ray coming in, of course, with her compassion, with her hope. She, like, tells him, you know, when he says, you think I came to, like, the most unfindable place in the galaxy for no reason? She's like, I'm not leaving without you. Like, she's so persistent. She's so hopeful. Um, I don't know. And I loved how Luke kept poking at her when she was like, you know, oh, I'm here because, you know, Leia sent me. The resistance needs you. And he's like, no, but why are you here? Like, he knew. And then, um, let's see. Well, I suppose that's, that's into the rise of Skywalker. But just he knew. He knew who she was from the beginning. And he's still... You know, decided to to train her to teach her his three important lessons to have those conversations to, um, you know, tell her his his story. Um, and I really liked. So there's a a podcast, um, Star Wars English class, and they did an episode mm. called A Certain Point of View, I believe it was. It was, and just they they focused on how we see or we get 
a couple different versions of what happened. We get Han telling in The Force Awakens, like, what happened to Luke? You know, oh, a student, which, like, he didn't even say it was his son. Um, <laughs> Luke, we get it from Ben. Uh, and I believe we get it from Luke one more time, right? Yeah. And so, the full version, yeah. Yeah. And I just feel like that interspersed with their like FaceTime, Force Time, like Bond video chatting throughout the galaxy. <laughs> it was just so fun and like just such a cool Star Wars thing to get. Um, and I don't know what else do I want to say about this. Do you have any uh, comments? No, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you brought up Luke and Ray's relationship because that was what like one of my favorite things about the Last Jedi too. Because I think that I think that Ray and Luke are like be, besides that Ray is sort of the Luke analog in the sequel trilogy. I think the characters Luke and Ray are actually very similar, and I think that Luke sees a lot of himself. Oh, you kind of cut out, started breaking up. She's so like, we need to go. Let's go save the resistance. And like, that's how Luke was in the original trilogy. And so I think that he sees that in her. And I think that he's like, he's he's already gone through, you know, like this failure and this heartbreak with Ben. And he doesn't want to go through the same thing with Ray. And so that's why he kind of shuts her out at first. And yeah, it's just, it's a beautiful journey for both of them. And I really appreciate grumpy Luke. I think he's great. <laughs> I really liked the Ray and Luke thing because it showed Ray's determination the whole time. She's being told no, like at every turn, it doesn't matter. She's not leaving until he helps her and until she can help him. And also I wanted to say about the whole um, different perspectives we get of what happened with Ray and Luke. That was like a huge ode to the movie Rashomon from the director Akira Kurosawa, who was like a huge influence to Ryan Johnson. It's like when I saw the, the Last Jedi for the first time and they started doing that, I was not surprised that he did that in the movie. I was like, oh yeah, this guy talks about him all the time. No wonder he did this. <laughs> no, I, exactly. I, I, I loved it too because um, specifically how it informed the next movie as well. I mean, there's, there's a few... I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. There's there's a few amazing things. Sometimes I hear the thought of like, oh, but the last the whole purpose of the last Jedi was to show her that she doesn't need family. And you're like, uh, no, it, that's that's I, I understand why you took that, but it's wrong. Um, you know, Maz tell, tells her, uh, the belonging you seek is ahead of you, not behind you. And this film, she gets the confirmation that it is not behind her. Awesome shirt. <laughs> uh, but that's only half of it. You know, we find out the next half in the next movie. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I really, I really love that part. Um, their relationship to me was great. You know, Luke trying to like scare her off by like drinking weird, weird milk and just looking at her, just like, yeah. <laughs> This is life. Like, you want this? This is what you want? Like, really? Um, but but it makes me think of a thing that happens in the comics. Uh, there's there's a comic that is Ray's journey from the Resistance base over to uh, over 
to um, Octo. And as she's leaving, you know, Poe leans over to Leia and says, man, she's our last, uh, you know, this is uh, Luke is our last hope. And then Leia looks back and it's like, no, there's another. Like, <laughs> Leia knew. In that moment, it's just like beautiful. I don't know. I just, it just makes me so, so happy. But yeah, this entire movie, I mean, like I said, her journey is, is her trying to find her identity. And so she goes there and she's expecting other people to tell her what her place is and all this. She specifically asked Luke, I need, to, I need someone to tell me my place in all this. So this, I'm not making that up. But she's like, we, we need, uh, I need a hero. Uh, no, we need a hero to to like to to take care of this. Is it going to be you? Looks like no, no. And she's like, fine. Then it's going to be Ben. And by the end of the movie, she realizes sometimes it's you. You have to step up. You have to be the hero. And I know that's just that's just one of the things that I, I really love. There's many, many things that I, I love. But she even was went to locate her parents, find out who they were to see if they could tell her her place in all this. And she finds herself. Only you can tell you what, what your future is, you know, where you need to go. So, it, yeah, there's 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 so much beauty in it. Yes. I, I also love that. I love that scene, the mirror cave scene. Um, like, I think it's such a perfect echo of the scene in Empire when Luke has the vision of Darth Vader and he um, cuts his head off and then he sees his own face in Darth Vader's helmet. Like, I think it's just such a perfect echo of that scene, but like, it's not a copy of that scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's it's what, um, it's, it's like an Ray's own, own version of that scene in a way. I mean, what Luke wants more than anything is to be just like his father, and then like that tells him, "Yeah, this is your, this is that's what it means." And what Ray wants is like, "I want my family to show me my play," and that's just her. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the same lesson, but told in the way that the seeker needs to hear it. Uh, Stardust M says Ray fears being alone and not having anyone but herself to rely on. The whole trilogy shows her that she's never alone. Uh, now I just want to start singing. You are not alone. I okay. Um, <laughs> I've uh, I've I've lost myself into into music. So let's move on into Rise of Skywalker, which, as we get started, my little bridge between the two is. You know, she comes to Octo expecting the legend of Luke, and she finds the man. And he explains to her, behind every legend is a real person. Behind the mythic Jedi of the past were real people who were fallible, who are were the architects of their own destruction. I did that too. Like, don't deify me or them because we're all just people. And I kind of love how that lesson echoes forward into, you know, Ray saves everyone at the end of The Last Jedi, and she's becoming their new legend, their new hero. And during that movie, it's kind of her fighting with that. Everyone, 
um, Poe is, is like, you're our best fighter. We need you out there fighting. And she's like, I don't feel like I'm ready to do all of this stuff. You know, people keep telling me they know me. They don't. Because even though they're seeing her as this legend, she's still right. She's still the same person from Jack Who. Um, trying to find her place. I know. I just... I just love it. Masega um, <laughs> says, on my wedding cake, it said, you're not alone. Neither are you. Masega uh, is the greatest. Uh, <laughs> is the greatest Raylo ever. Um, uh, she is she is yeah. an icon, for sure. Uh, yeah, Nick, your thoughts as we go into Rise of Skywalker. Well, to expand upon what you were saying, uh, in the Rise of Skywalker, oh, I cut out. No, no, we still hear you. Uh, yeah, to expand on what you were saying, in The Rise of Skywalker, uh, the whole movie is her pretty much dealing with or trying to come to terms with everybody wants her to be this hero, this legendary figure like Luke was. She's the new Jedi that's going to save everybody and save the Resistance. But she's also trying to come to terms with herself and who she is. Because the last thing she was told was that her parents were nobody. She's nobody in the story. So now she's got to forge her own path and make her own way. And I love the duality of her having to deal with both of those things at the same time throughout the movie. And even with her having to deal with those, she still chooses to help them because she wants to bring hope. Like Luke did at the end of The Last Jedi. Yeah. Even though he was a man, still showed how he can be a hero. He became the legend again from being just a person. It's beautiful. And uh, how about you, Nerd Girl? When Ray finds out that Palpatine is her grandfather... She tries to go into hiding, believing that she isn't that hope that the galaxy needs. And it's when Luke appears to her and tells her that some things are stronger than blood, it's to help push her towards being who she needs to be because she can't get there on her own in that moment. And it's just looking towards a future that she that she can't see because she can't get over where she comes from and who she is. So... To me, she's still coming from a place of being a nobody, but when she finds out that one of her relatives was a somebody and that that somebody was evil, it pushes her back and prevents her from following where she needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And uh, your thoughts, Meeks? Uh, I have a lot of thoughts. I'll try to just hit some highlights. Now, hit us with the fire hose. Go for it. Um, well, let's see. I really loved, I mean, the Ray and Leia moments. Like, I just thought they were really beautiful with what they could do. Um, you know, training and having, calling Leia her master. Um, I don't know. There's that moment before she leaves um, to go with, you know, Poe and Finn and BB-8 and Chewie and C-3PO, like, she says, what does she say? There's so much I want to tell you. And Leia says, tell me when you get back. And she hands her the lightsaber and says, you know, they hug. And she, as Ray is crying, she's saying, like, Ray, never be afraid of who you are. And I feel like that really echoes later when Luke says, like, yeah, we knew who you were. We still loved you. We still accepted you and still trained you. That was just so beautiful. 
What else? I really loved the Poe, Finn, and Ray interactions. Like the whole, you know, the Falcon's on fire. You know, BB-8's not on fire. Like that whole dynamic was yeah. so. It's you know so what you are? You're difficult. difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, what else? Um, oh, and then Finn is like, you know, phrase like, I need to go alone. And he's like, yeah, alone with friends. Like, I just love that dynamic. Like, it's so beautiful. What else? Um, oh, when Ray was at the festival, I just feel like, you know, they have this ticking time bomb of you have 16 hours to like, find the wayfinder and go and stop Palpatine and Exegol, but like she's smiling. She's like, I've never seen anything like this. Like, it's just so good to see like happy Ray. We deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it reminds me of when she's like, I never saw this much green in the entire galaxy. Yes, like, There's little moments like that. Yeah, it reminds me of the Omega moment in Bad Batch, but it also reminds me, I feel like people always compare this with Rapunzel, like when she steps out of her tower and she like touches the ground and she's like, don't stay ever, like those moments. It's just movie magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. I love it. I'm trying to, yeah. what else quick before I, you know, babble for hours and hours. Oh, I really like another Ray relationship here is with Chewie. Like when she thinks that she has destroyed the transport with him on it, like her devastated, shrill, Chewie like scream. It reminded me of um, uh, the Hunger Games, like that, just that desperation and like fear and pain in her voice. Um, and just like being scared of her own, like, Power. I don't know. That was also well done. And then yeah. Finn was like so supportive, and and I love that relationship between them. We see like she's like, you don't know what's going on, and and he's like, so tell me. And she opens up. She trusts him. Like I don't know. Their friendship is just so <laughs> so great. It's awesome to see. He's so sincere and sweet. Yeah, I mean, you notating that uh, the moment of you know Chewbacca is very also evident in what happens with with her accessing the lightning power for the first time, because you know in Star Wars canonically, that's how every person accesses it for the very first time. It's a moment of crazy amounts of stress while they're exerting themselves, and it usually is pretty destructive. It's it's almost like the old wives' tale of. Uh, you know, a baby rattlesnake can't control their venom. They just go all out. That's actually not true, but um, it it does apply here. And for someone who never had anyone, and in her love for Chewie, and having Chewie being taken away from her, and that connection, that's where that that's where that came from. And I just thought that was so great, especially because in this film we're playing off of. She's having visions of her sitting on this dark throne as this dark empress, and just she's terrified of what she could possibly become, but always in motion. The future is, um, and I kind of love that. That visions of the future have been everyone's bane throughout the Star Wars universe. Everyone, even legends. That's what got Jason Solo. Uh, mm -hmm. There's just yeah, there's so much good stuff, and it's 
like poetry, it, it always rhymes. Uh, Rhonda, your thoughts? Yeah, so I still have a really hard time with Rise of Skywalker. Um, so <laughs> I'll try to just stick to the positives. Um, <laughs> um, I really enjoy Dark Ray. Um, that vision of what Ray would have become or like what she could become if she kind of gives in to her dark side um, urges. And I think that's it's very compelling. And I wish that we had seen a little bit more of that. Like I wish that we had gotten to see like what her vision actually was of, you know, her on the Sith throne. Um, I just find that really interesting. I also like um, the line, I did want to take your hand, Ben's hand. Um, and just that, like, it's such a simple, um, a, a simple sentiment, but it just like that, I think that line is kind of the catalyst for Ben finally deciding, okay, I need to be Ben again. Um, and also just showing like that Ray has the, this sense of clarity about who Ben really is and seeing him apart from Kylo Ren and seeing that they're, you know, she sees who he really is. Um, so I think that part's really powerful. Ooh, can I pop in? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so when I, I was just recently on the Millennium Pod podcast um, and something that Art said was the beauty of Kylo Ren getting killed with Kylo Ren's lightsaber. And then like Ben Solo emerges from that sort of a thing. I butchered that. Her explanation is a lot prettier. So it'll be on her podcast. But I just, that's something that I had never thought of. And I was like, wait, that's really cool. Because, you know, then he talks with his father and goes in his little water and joins up with Ray. <laughs> I also love that when she um she when she heals him, um she also heals the scar on his face, which is a scar that she gave him. Um uh -huh. and that's actually in um in the heroine's journey, um, there's a, a concept in the heroine's journey called the he the healing of the wounded masculine. Um, and if you see Ray and Ben as kind of the feminine and masculine in the dyad, she's like literally healing the wounded masculine within the dyad so that they can become one whole again. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry, I just, you just hit me different and then what was it <laughs> and is her speaking with the goddess is that leia yeah i think leia does sort of serve as a goddess um but i so i also think that this is where i i don't want to like get too negative about rise of skywalker but i think that this is my biggest issue with it is that it doesn't completely follow through on the heroine's journey um and i think that's where my where most of my frustration with this movie is um because yeah that's one aspect that it doesn't really follow up on but. yeah and and it's great if you if you don't like like the film it's my least favorite i actively <laughs> hated it until i actually did an episode on here in the high ground podcast 
of that episode and got to see what people enjoyed and it kind of changed some of my perspectives but don't feel bad not liking it i mean the next question that comes up is is what would you change should i answer that okay yeah yeah, yeah no how we're, long we're do i have how long do i have to answer this um <laughs> well, we do like to do this in the uh the vein of the company okay sandwich. i'll just pick i'll just pick so. one thing i'll just pick one thing then um I really think that the, so the final scene, like the final shot where she's standing alone with the twin sunset, I think that my preference would have been that she goes back to her ship. She goes back to the Falcon and rejoins like Finn and Poe and whoever else is on the ship with her. And so we see her with her friends at the end and then the final shot could be the Falcon flying away with the twin sun. So like narratively it's the same thing, but just the visual messaging would be very different because it would give us a sense of like, oh, she has found her family now because here is the end of her journey and she's with her found family um, versus seeing her alone on a desolate planet. <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah. I know that's a very like nitpicky thing, but I just would feel a lot better about the movie <laughs> if we got that as the final shot. But. Yeah. No, nothing wrong with that. Uh, how about you, Nick? Uh, if I could have changed one thing about that movie, it would have been that the fight between her and Palpatine would have been way longer, way longer. It wouldn't have just been lightning against the lightsaber. Like there would have been a lot more. I also would not have redeemed Kylo. What? Yeah. I wouldn't have brought Palp back at all, and Kylo would have been the villain the whole movie. He would have never redeemed. He would have forcefully and angrily stayed mad and bitter at the world. He would never be able to forgive himself for killing his father, and he would have died a bitter, sad person at the end, never accepting love from someone else. Yes, it's terrible and it's tragic, but that's what I would have made his story. Hey, yeah, awesome. I know it literally changes the complexion of the entire movie and of their dynamic, but I love the way they redeemed him. I did not want it. And when I watched the movie and they started doing it, like I was angry in the theater and I love Star Wars, but I was so pissed off that they were doing that. I didn't want it to happen. And then when the movie ended, I was like, damn it, but they did it well. It's like, I, I can't hate it. Like, I like how it was done, but I personally would not have done it. I, I mean, if it were, if it were me, this would actually have been four movies and not three. Mm. I mean, if it were me, um, we'd still be making them yeah. with all those characters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because uh, because I, I I did want a lot more of him as the as the big bad, and I wanted to see that whole year of him being the supreme leader. But everything's falling apart because he's just not good at it. You know what I mean? Like, well, that is like a petulant man child that's powerful and everyone's afraid of. No one wants to tell him not to do anything. Exactly, being bad is not enough. You know what I mean? And it could have been, you know, similar to uh, uh, episode three when uh, he's like, "Oh, well, I can overthrow him and I can rule." And we're like, "You, you're not a like Palpatine was a politician and stuff. Like, stay in your lane, man." Um, but, but yeah. Uh, how about you, nerd girl? In a perfect world. And if Carrie Fisher had lived to film all three films, I would have had Leia be more present in The Rise of the Skywalker and had her and Le Leia, 
her and Ray interact more and just show their relationship more on screen. I would have loved that. That would be, yeah. I and I I do feel like that was another big crucial part is we lost Carrie Fisher, and they had to. There were certain concessions that they had to make that was supposed to be her movie um, to shine. So, um, yeah. And uh, Meeks, did I start with you? I don't recall who I started with to talk about the Rise of Sky. I think you started with Rhonda. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts? I inserted myself. <laughs> no, we're just having a, we're having a great time. We're a great conversation. Um, I think. Well, I started by saying like things that I liked, but then I, I don't know. I think I was like, anybody have comments? So <laughs> I just want to say, okay, so I just rewatched this, all the movies recently, and I sobbed at the all of the Jedi voices encouraging Ray. Like, I have not cried like that at a movie in such a long time. And I just feel like I wanted to mention that of like, just, I don't know. It was so cool to hear all of these voices that we know and love. And I'm a, the person who watches everything, every TV show, every YouTube video, every movie with subtitles. So seeing the names and like, what they're saying, like, just, oh, it's so powerful and incredible, and I loved it. Um, that and, and, and the missed opportunity of having Samuel Jackson drop an F-bomb in Star Wars. <laughs> just get <What>? up, mother... <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I needed that. Gosh. The first ever F-bomb in Star Wars. <laughs> Who better to do it, though? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to go with the Leia thing, though, my God, if she wouldn't have been able to be in the movie more, that would have been, like, the number one thing. That would have been so amazing. I would have loved to see her with Rey a lot more and way more, like, expansion on Jedi Leia. Because that was my favorite thing that movie did was canonize Jedi Leia. Oh, yeah. Because even, even the Expanded Universe didn't quite canonize it. Like, she, she had a lightsaber. She used it in... Uh the the dark fleet what was that the second book of um the throne trilogy the heir to the empire trilogy uh, I don't remember the name but um uh, but we we didn't really fully get to see anything with it i would have i would have loved more than that uh, all right well quick lightning round for everyone <laughs> um starting with nick thoughts on ray skywalker at the end of the saga uh, for it against it um Basically, her whole family lineage. Did you want her to have no one? Did you want her to be a Palpatine? Are you down with Ray Skywalker? Any thoughts? Uh, we'll do a quick lightning round. Nick first. Uh, I'm down with Ray Skywalker. That was also something I didn't particularly want from The Force Awakens. It just seemed like that's exactly what they were setting up for. She is going to be a Skywalker. Uh, then I love that they subverted and made her a nobody. I would have liked her to stay a nobody, but I love the way they made her a Skywalker, and it really resonates with her story to choose to be that. So in the end, I love that she is a Skywalker. Awesome. And also, Levi Bond always uh, with the save, Dark Force Rising. Yes, that, that was the one where Leia was on Kashyyyk. Um, and we have X-Wing dropping by. Always appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, well, Leagues, thanks you. Um, <laughs> uh, how about you, uh, Nerd Girl? Um, I've, I've made it no secret 
that I love Rey Skywalker. And I fairly talked about this a lot, about how I wanted her to be a Kenobi. But once I saw the movie, and actually I heard about her being a Skywalker before I saw the movie, I cried when I heard about it. And when I finally watched the movie, it made sense to me, and I liked it. And that's really all I have to say about it. All right. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, so I noticed you don't have to, you didn't share your personal connection to it. Is that too much? All right. Never mind. Um, <laughs> we also have uh, Star Wars lawyer here dropping. We needed Lando talking to Ben. Imagine Ben goes to Lando, uh, Lando and Ben co-piloting the Falcon <laughs> and the Lando drops off Ben to save Ray. That actually would have been pretty cool. You'd be like, have fun and be careful. <laughs> we just need a more Lando period in everything. Yeah. Have fun storming the castle. Um, I, I, yeah, I, one of the, the scenes from the novelization of, of um, Kylo Ren interrogating Chewie. Man, that was rough. In, in the novelization, if you haven't read it, um, Kalorin is doing the same interrogation thing to Chewie to find out where they're going to go. But when he's looking in Chewie's mind, going through his memories, what he sees is himself as, as a baby. And he sees Chewie holding him. He sees Chewie teaching him how to shoot a gun. He sees Chewie teaching him how to ride in a speeder. Um, and it makes it clear that like him watching all this stuff is actually part of the catalyst of him going towards the light. And then and later, um, when Lando is back on the Falcon, he goes to the little closet that's actually Chewie's bedroom, which kind of makes me sad, but, um, but Chewie has no personal effects except for one thing, and it's a hollow, and he turns it on, and it's him holding baby Ben. That's the only thing in there. And you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's too much. Like, uh, woo, woo. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I love it. All right, um, Meeks, uh, Ray Skywalker, Ray Palpatine, Ray Kenobi, just Ray. Where you at? Um, I am. I'm with the. I loved Ray Nobody because I think it gave. This being said, I will say I do love Rise Skywalker, and I will get to that. But Ray Nobody to me was like this idea of you don't have to be someone from a legacy family to be powerful, to make a difference in the world, in the galaxy. But like that idea for each one of us, if we're facing some sort of big conflict or challenge in our lives, like you don't have to be you know, a Palpatine. You don't have to be a Skywalker. You don't have to be one of those people to, to make a difference in the world. That being said, Ray Skywalker, I'm ride or die with that name. Like, she <laughs> has been adopted um, into their family. She's found that belonging and connection. Um, I think it's beautiful, and I love her. Awesome. Love it. And uh, how about you, Rhonda? Um... I am also Ray Nobody, ride or die. Um, 
yeah, like I think that message is really powerful. Um, I really strongly dislike that they made her related to Palpatine because I feel like that like sort of undermines that message that they're trying to get across. And it also like ties her power to a man, which I really don't like. Um, yeah. Um, yeah I that also... line hurt me. That line <laughs> is so terrible. You don't just have power. You have, you have his, power. his power. Oh, so it's no. not yours. Okay. Nope. Um, <laughs> yeah. I. So with Ray Skywalker, I don't hate it as much as I used to. <laughs> Um, I, well, and I, I wouldn't say that I hate it at all. Um, I think what, I think what, like the hang up that I have about it is the dialogue delivery. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of on the nose, um, the little contrived, which I mean, Star Wars is cheesy in general. So, um, I shouldn't be surprised, but, um, I feel like if it was revealed a little more organically that she was taking the name Skywalker, I wouldn't have had that like strong visceral reaction to it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm kind of ambivalent about her taking the name Skywalker. Like I can kind of see how she would want to, but it also doesn't completely make sense to me why she would want to. So I don't know. But if you love Ray Skywalker, bless you. <laughs> 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 no, and that that's closer to how I am on it. I mean, I I did prefer the message of I mean, I would prefer her not being related to Palpatine, but I do appreciate what that does to her arc in the last film of trying to overcome this this of having this like you come from darkness. Um type of thing where you know she has to figure out whether or not well this is my lot in life because it's where i come from i, I do get that um but my thing is i don't feel like she was a, supposed to be made a palpatine i felt like that was a concession made to appease uh boys that's that's kind of how i feel about it uh palpatine returning could have been done a lot better, but as someone who's been reading all of the books and tie-ins and all this stuff, I could see the writing on the walls. I I knew he was <laughs> coming back for uh, for a long time, but um, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where I am with it. Uh, the ending, Ray Skywalker, made a lot of sense to me. I had mixed feelings at the beginning, but understanding exactly like where we started this journey of having. Uh, and the Force Awakens when she hears Luke Skywalker, he's real, and then you you start to understand like that name meant something to her. And the Last Jedi, where it ends, where with Groom Boy, we find out that name means something to the galaxy, and um, her taking it. I honestly don't feel like she's taking it for herself. I think she's taking it as to, as a baton pass for the galaxy at large, but that's just, that's, that's, that's where, at least that's the intended um, overall message. But yeah, there's, there's a lot that could have been 
tweaked or changed in that movie. I feel like if they went to one less planet, you would be like, here's 25 minutes of more time to do to do the dope stuff. So that's that's kind of how I feel. Um, um, but I have one more thing to add to that. I figured somebody was going to talk about um, her like getting her power from a, a man and her heritage with Palpatine. And that's something that I haven't really talked about regarding my, um, like relating to her is that I have sort of a similar heritage and where I come from very, very bad people and then was adopted by good people who counteracted what the bad people were doing. So that's why I relate to her and why I liked personally why she was a Palpatine. But I fully get why people don't. And I fully agree with Rhonda about what she was saying about it. But it meant something to me to be able to see sort of my same story being told in The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. No, that's yeah, awesome. and I, think, I think we kind of like that's I that's really beautiful. Um, and I think that we kind of saw that with Luke when he finds out that his father is Darth Vader. Um, so it feels like almost a like not a complete like repeat of that, but it feels like we've already kind of gone through this before that like, yeah, you can have an evil, you know, parent or, or whatever, um, evil origins and, you know, still choose, um, the light side. Um, so I don't know, like, I'm still like, yeah, I, I get it if, if, if it, if it speaks to you and if, and if it, um, you know, if that's, if you connect with that, but I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's nothing, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. Um, yeah, I, I have, I have, you know, friends who, because of different life circumstances, had kind of been disowned by their family. Um, and so this also, because at that point they become a, a nobody. I mean, I, I think there's, there's, family is complicated and it's weird. I talk about this myself on my on my dad's side. Um, um, my dad, my parents split up. My dad remarried a white woman, and she was previously married to a Filipino man. So that my dad and her had kids, and then she and her previous husband had kids. So when we went out to dinner, it's me, my little brother, my sister, and who my sister is act technically my half sister, and not related to my dad at all. So you know, my sister there is not related to anyone but me and my brother, me and my little brother, and then we have our mixed other siblings, and then they're half Filipino. Like it, it looked like a Benetton ad. Like it, it looked like it looked like if you're trying to recruit for a for a college and you want to show people diversity, that's that's what our table looked like. But I don't know, family's just weird. Um and it's it's nice to kind of show a lot more of that, you know. Um so yeah, there's all kinds of all kinds of good stuff. But um overall to me, I thought the message of the trilogy was the, the difference between 
blood and legacy, right? Just because someone is your blood doesn't mean that that person is going to choose to carry on your legacy and you could have people that aren't choose to do so. Uh, I'm curious if you guys had any thoughts on what you thought the overall message was. And um, you know, let's actually go ahead and, and kind of uh, kind of start start wrapping it up. So what do you guys think of the overall message that what we learned from from Ray and, and her journey? Uh, what would you like to see from Ray and those characters moving forward? And then let's end it with where we can find you and all of your amazing content. Um, we will start with uh, Nerd Girl. Um, my, to me, the overall message is forgetting the past and stop letting your past and what people may have done to you or what your parents may have done to somebody else or what your grandparents, because that's what Palpatine is to Ray, is her grandparent, affect your future. Stop living in the past, look towards the future. And then um, I would like to see like animated shows like they did with the Clone Wars and more books and comics and video games and maybe even a short film about um, Finn and Rey like teaching the next generation of Jedi and what they would do then. Yeah, I would like that as well. <laughs> uh, how about you, Meeks? I, I'm the same way. Okay, wait. So first, I think overall message like hope and compassion, Ray is uh, just an emotionally rich character. Um, her search for identity, her choosing her value, her worth, her sense of belonging, her family, um, just a beautiful theme. Uh, I think it's important for us then to, to search for connection and love and to find who we are, uh, not by what happened to us, but you know, by finding our worth and our identity. Um, things I would like to see in the future. So I am a big reader and I would love some Ray books, uh, some post sequels. Yes. Like what are Ray and Finn doing? Um, that would be a change that I guess I didn't, uh, say what changes I would love to see, but I would love to see force sensitive Finn and Ray training just like the next generation. Um, I would love to see, so I like Ben Solo so much, and I I feel like I would love to see a like, you know, Ben Solo is stuck in the, the world. Is it world between worlds? World between worlds, yeah. Mm -hmm. And like they have to go rescue him, and then it's like a buddy adventure movie with like Finn and Poe and Ray and Chewie and BB-8 and C-3PO, like R2, everyone, like get them all together. I want to see their adventures, all of them, just like the witty dialogue, the fun, the Star Wars, that's what I would love to see. <laughs> awesome. I, I definitely, I need like Ray to be in trouble and then all of a sudden a Dodge Charger rolls up and Dom Toretto gets up <laughs> and and uh, Danza Kaduro starts playing in the background. And he's like, I don't got friends. I got Skywalkers. And then, <laughs> and then Duel of Fate starts playing. Something like that. I'm like, hey, we can make it happen. Uh, <laughs> how, about, how about you, Rhonda? What was the overall message? And uh, um, all the rest of the stuff I said. <laughs> All the rest of it, okay. Um, I think that it, I, 
I think it's kind of t like I think the message is a got a little bit muddled somewhere along the way, but I think like broadly, I think that we can say that Ray's story shows that like your past doesn't have to determine your destiny um, or like what you make of yourself in the future. Um, and I think that actually a lot of characters kind of have that same message in their stories like with Finn like he you know he was a stormtrooper and he becomes a hero in the resistance um we I think he we could have done more with Finn um becoming a hero in the resistance um but I think you know several characters in in the sequels show that um you know you don't have to let your past weigh you down if you know there's things in your past that that um that you know could hinder you you don't have to let them i guess um um what is it what do i want to see in the future um like just with ray or just like star wars in general or um both whatever that question okay. means to you um well i just want to see ray <laughs> in the future <laughs> anything with ray i would love um more ray content please um yeah i think um, seeing her train more Jedi um, or more Skywalkers, if that's, if we're really going to lean hard into Rey Skywalker, let's have her train Skywalkers. Um, uh, in Star Wars in general, um, this is really out of left field, but I want the Jedi romance novels from the High Republic. <laughs> I want to read those. <laughs> Um, I've been thinking about it for a really long time, and that's what I want. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should get better with it. I actually, um, the latest issue of the High Republic Adventures canonized the concept of also like Jedi action movies or something. <laughs> yeah. of, like these little kid Jedis watching like, these things, and like the Jedi was like pulling ships out of space and okay. be like so cool we're gonna be that like yeah i think we should get uh try to go meta with it uh element seven said you know ray skywalker why i point to the, the poetry of a palpatine corrupting a skywalker to the skywalkers redeeming a palpatine reversal of fortune Aww. and that is a, that's a great point. He sent us a super chat earlier and, and I missed it. I, I was so enraptured by by you guys. So I, I, I apologize <laughs> to, to my dyad, but um, yeah, that, that's a great point. Having one Palpatine like manipulate Anakin for all these years and all this stuff and to having a Palpatine be the person that redeems a Skywalker. And not only that, but discontinues the Palpatine name uh, like that's the biggest like f you you can give right? Um, no, I I love it. And then uh, sorry, Rhonda, one last time, where we can find you and the rest oh, of your content. Yeah. Um, so I am on TikTok at Rhonda talks about books, T O K S about books. Um, I am also on Twitter and YouTube and Instagram as Rhonda with a book. And my blog is rondawithabook.com and my podcast is Pop DNA and it's available on all major podcast platforms. Awesome. <laughs> we'll certainly check it out and definitely have uh, everyone y'all back. 
And uh, how about Nick? Uh, your, your thoughts on the overall message and what we'd like to see, where we can find you? Uh, the overall message to me, I thought, was that your identity is your own. It doesn't matter what anyone says that you should be, what your past says that you should be, or even what it feels like your future may dictate. It's up to you. You decide who you are and what you want to be. And what I want to see from Star Wars, uh, I mean, I want to see more Rey. I, I don't care what it is or what she's doing. I want more Rey. But I really want more live-action Rey because I want Daisy Ridley back. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Daisy Ridley come back and um, John Boyega come back and play Finn and uh, Rey again. I would love to see them training for sensitive people. As everyone's already said, I think that's something that a lot of people want to see. I think that would be awesome, making more Skywalkers. Uh and you can find me uh, on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram too at There Will Be Nick. And I've got like a link tree with all my other stuff on it where you can find my books and like everything else. So, yeah. Awesome. I love it. Um, myself, I, I actually I said what I felt the overall message was, but from the future, I want to see a, I'm, I want to see more stuff. Beyond the Rise of Skywalker, I, I want Ray back to have, uh, you know, been like is it starting her new order, whether or not it's the Order of Skywalkers or if Skywalker is a rank you eventually meet. But I want Broom Boy. I want to marry Blag, and as I said this recently. It's a whole story I've cooked up. It's called Shadows on the Sand. It's Broom boy, and he's he's still on on Canto Bite, and he's so inspired by Luke Skywalker that he wants to to learn more. He wants to train more. He wants to use the Force for good. And as he gets stronger, he starts feeling something call out to him. It's in the desert there on on Canto Bite. He doesn't know what it is, and so each night he try he sneaks out and tries to explore and find the thing that's calling to him, but he's having trouble with it. Um, he he recruits one of his best friends to help him sneak out, you know, and kind of cover for him. So he goes, and he finally, you know, he goes out, he comes back to find that his best friend has been, like, it's been noticed that he's gone and that his friend is covering. And, like, the slave master is, like, about to beat his friend. He reaches deep into the force out of anger, kills him right then and there. And then they're like, crap. They're going to come back. The whole operation is blown. What do we do? We need to leave. So they free all the other kids and try to go out to the desert, but they don't know where to go. They can't go to Canto Bight because they'll be found. So they're going to try and find this thing that's calling to him. And they travel out and they just, he, he can't find it. It's just a lot. It's kind of ephemeral, you know? And the other kids are like, I'm tired. I'm hungry. And they end up going back to their life of captivity, except for him. But even his best friend leaves them. And the anger and the hurt that he feels from that impels him. And the temple rises out of the ground like the temple on Lothal. And he goes into it, and it's a dark side shrine. And he begins his path to becoming the next Sith Lord of the galaxy. And it's called Shadows in the Sand. That's what I want. And then... Whatever he does, and then he starts to look at it of like his time in captivity is what made him strong. And then they went back. That means that they're weak. And like he, he starts to get kind of warped. And eventually he's he's gonna need to be safe. Anyways, that's what I want for the future. That's my pitch. I wasn't expecting you guys to do story pitches. I just get excited about these things and, and have to go have to go off on them. But um anyways, 
Oh, I also want more Rose Tico in the future. <gasps> yes. Absolutely. We need more. Rose. More Rose, less Claude, unless that's a romance <laughs> there. Some some Rose X Claude. I'm, I'm Rose and Ray romance, huh? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we could definitely see it. Could definitely see it. Um, and then also, I want the Chiss. What are the Chiss doing at this point in time? Yes. I, I want them yes. to come in. Another faction involved. Maybe take down the Grisks. I don't know. Um, you got Miss Aggie on your side. Ray Rose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, dark side yeah. content. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, give me some dark side content now. I I feel that. I feel like we haven't like there's there's been some really great dark side stories, the Bane trilogy, um the yes, uh, give me that. I guess stuff like that in uh in legends. We need the equivalent in canon, and I think that's what we're gonna get with the acolyte. So I'm super excited about that project as well. But um, yeah, any final thoughts before we wrap up and I give you all your evenings back? <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining me. I will absolutely have all of you guys back. Um, you've sent me all your socials and things, so I can include it here on the channel. Um, Meeks, we're going to get you that, that cosplay. Um, also, check out Rhonda's uh, podcast. I, I recently found she has it. I haven't checked it out yet, but seeing how smart she is okay. and how in her content, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But anyways. Oh, I do actually have one final thought, though. Um, Go for it. And I might embarrass you here for a second, Chaco, but I just want to thank you for <laughs> for like have like fostering this community and like always like trying to uplift people's voices that we don't get to hear very often in this fandom. And I just really appreciate what you're doing. So thank you. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Thank you. Uh, here, here. Well, <laughs> I mean, I started this just because I wanted to find more people to talk about Star Wars with. So uh, I, yeah, I appreciate everyone in this whole community and we're taking over YouTube. So yeah, let's, let's, let's keep this whole thing going. Um, <laughs> All right, everyone, I will go ahead and end. Thank you for joining me, and may the Force be with you always. Bye. Bye. <laughs>